everybody and welcome to HY Dyslexia podcast. Today with me we've got Dr. Alexander Mill who is um, going to be talking to us about supporting your child's emotional health during COVID-19. It's such a pleasure to have Dr. Mill with us today um, who's going to give us some amazing advice both for parents and carers and our listeners to really sort of um, understand how one can support a child during COVID-19. Dr. No, welcome to A2I Dyslexia podcast. The first question I'd like to ask you is, how does dyslexia affect a child emotionally? And what advice can you give particularly during COVID-19? It's a strange time. But it is a time time of uh, some to some uh, kids have have really gained gained from from it. Uh, online le- learning's re- really been uh, a good uh, move move for, for them. So so yes, I think I think that some uh, kids kids have have re- really gained from from it. Right, Doctor, now just give us our listeners a little bit of introduction about you and a pivotal moment for you as a dyslexic. You know, and why are you went into writing books about mental health and dyslexia and all the other things? Okay, well, I mean, strange, strange enough, uh, just going through school like many dys- dyslexics was a tra- traumatic time for, for for me. I felt quite different. Uh, I was doing, I was being marked down for uh, my grades. I mean, compared to to my own grades. I show I show my my kids kids my my school re- reports and it's it's like um, D grades and E grades and F grades and could do better or me- messy hand hand writing and and compared to my own kids they are just doing so so well at at school but for for me schooling was was a trauma uh, everything. Uh, Everything that that my my pe- parents and my teachers va- valued, I was rub, rub, rubbish at. So I I was lu- lucky to be in a, a school where I found art. So I I I was able to creative, and I was allowed to uh, re- really try out and do the thing. So so within art, I. Uh, excelled and I managed to go to, to art college following school. I didn't do A, a levels. Uh, I left school with, uh, with three, three o, o levels, art, religious studies and art, religious studies and, and English lit, I think I left it with. And I went to uh, art co- college, I had a career as a graphic designer for 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 about twenty years, and then I w- wanted to to be more prepared for my own kids. So I uh, then then did a research masters, and that led led me to uh, change change careers to to work in uh, schools, and that and that really um, for my four kids, none of them have have turned out to be dis dyslexic so i have have put put in my uh 
passion of, of research to write so it could could be shared shared by by many more people but for me in school the the turning point was finding something i was good good at art and that that allowed me to uh, stay balanced and to not get depressed and and to to really begin to believe in my myself wow and the work you're doing that's phenomenal i wonder what your teachers will say now you know you probably go look at me now <laughs> you know I, i've got away from the you know i'm no, no longer getting d's and f's you've got phd Such yeah it's an amazing mean, story i mean the uh, speak speaking to to so many adults with with this dyslexia for my book book on uh su successful compared compared to to less less success successful dys dyslexics there's a common theme there of trauma but also for the ones who are more su successful is to to go back to school and show them that they were wrong about them that they had misjudged them i mean one one of them said said i wanted to drive back and to drive back to school in a Rolls Royce and say, "Look, I did good, and you wrote me off." So, so it, it really is about that that dri driver. What is it that's that's driving you to do well well in life? Right. So, I mean, if any parents listening right now and they their child's got dyslexia and they feeling that hope, maybe there's no hope. There is hope because you know you are a typical example of how well one. Can what can be or how successful one can become rather and um you're doing amazing work and i really hope that if there's any parent who is um listening with this to this podcast again you know maybe you know put it on loudspeaker and have your child sitting next to you and reassure your child that it is possible that as a dyslexic you can unlock your full potential loads loads do and loads loads are uh it isn't just just the the famous ones. There are many less less famous ones. I mean, I I so I recall growing up. My my mother loved tennis, and and there was Bob Bob Becker there, who was a finalist. Uh, he was like seventeen years years old, and my mother turned around and said, "Neil, why why aren't you able to be be like like Boris?" And I said, well, you're not like Boris's pa pa parents. Parents, exactly. <laughs> it isn't just me, it's you, you as well. And it, and it really is that driver of the parents that uh, will, will drive their uh, child to be successful. And it really is about helping them to tap into those talents. The key is, to tap in the talents you find out what what your child is good at and support them so that they are better than their peers at, at it and that and that small gem will then be the start of their career of their post-school career whether it is skateboarding or uh, knitting I, I know someone used to to knit uh, wallets when when they were or or purses or obviously handbags when when they were young, younger 
and they and it then gave them the self belief that they then began to be a a fic, fiction writer. So yeah. it really is about helping them to find their gem because everyone has a gem. Absolutely. Oh, that's so beautifully put, honestly. It's so um, inspiring to hear what you've just said. Um, And thank you very much for that. And I'm just going to dive straight into our questions for the podcast. (laughs) So the first question I've actually got here, Dr. Remnil, how does dyslexia affect a child's child's emotionally? And what advice can you give, particularly during COVID-19? Okay, the one thing that I would say, say is the the emo, emotion of a child. Okay, so a child is going, a child will, in, in pre-school, a child plays, okay, and they learn through a play, and they can do really well in a play. And then suddenly, the nursery teacher brings out a box box of, of cards, of phonic cards, of, of let, let, letters, and as soon as they do that, that's where the child will soon learn that they can't do a thing, that they are struggling and that they are different. So very early on, the child will begin to, to grasp that they are not uh, as, as good as their friends and they are put on the slower tables and they, and they very fast believe that they are not good, good enough. And so, so their emotions are uh, shame uh, that they that they that they are not as as good good as their friends, and that and that then begins to to feed down to the teacher, to the feedback to the parents, to the parents say, well, say you work harder, you will get it. And re- really, it isn't about working hard; it is about working in a in a different way. So, so, so the emotions of difference will then cause the child to to avoid, because that that is a defence mechanism. So that they will either avoid by by uh, avo- avoiding writing. So they will be the teacher's pet by going on errands. They will break break their pen, pencils a lot. So, so they they are, are queuing up and sharpening their their pe- pencils. They will forget their their books. So that they will begin to avoid. They will know where where they should sit with, within a um, classroom to avoid reading aloud because everyone does a small a small sec- section. So they are on radar all the time for being show, shown up. They would ra- rather. Be, be seen as forgetful then just then that's stupid so avoidance is huge and their emotions are very much about ra- radar you know trouble uh, be, being seen seen as being uh, uh thick thick or stu- stupid so so the emotions are there and the key is how we deal with those how we change things so the the teacher is aware or where the child is sitting, are they avoiding? How much have they done? What all their um, avoidance strategies are needed? Now, a child can can also avoid by by outward things. So rather than with withdrawing, they would be outward. So so the class clown, 
you know so so even though they they can't write they are friendly with the in crowd because they make them laugh okay right. so 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 and and being thrown out of a lesson for being stupid is better than being seen as being uh, thick thick and stupid so wow wow the last bit you said really reminds me of me because i was the class clown so to speak um the avoidance was me and um the forgetfulness of the books and the bags and the bk it was all me because i was trying like you said i'd rather be thrown out of the class than be seen as the one that couldn't do it um, i'm not proud of it i sit back and i think oh dear that wasn't very good but it was the only way i could fit in because if I, if I did it any other way, I didn't want to get, I did get bullied at some point, but I didn't want to always get bullied. So I kind of was always thrown out of school. I was always expelled. Um, my dad, you know, was always like in the school and he just didn't get it um, as to why. Um, and then it's made me realise that um, it's not a very good thing that I did and I'm not proud of it, but it was the only way I could survive at school, you yeah. know. And it's amazing how, I mean, I left school over 30 something years ago mm. and how you're still seeing the same pattern in dyslexic mm. children, yeah. children with specific learning. Oh God, it's huge. But I mean, the, the amazing thing is talking with, with successful dys, dyslexics, that's one of the skills that they use now in their adult life because it makes them creative. It makes them find different solutions, you know. When they get things wrong, you know, such in business, say you get something wrong, you will just get depressed, okay? Say that you start up a new business and that goes wrong, you get depressed. However, someone who is dys dyslexic, had learned through school that getting things wrong was okay. There wasn't a and I'm saying emotional back baggage. You just get get up, move on, and try, try it again. So 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 there are sadly po positives to it. Re really, that there shouldn't be a need for that. But but they the uh, people who, who are doing well who are dys dyslexic are able to get up and carry on. And that is a form of re resilience. Resilience, yeah. I guess that's what makes us great entrepreneurs then because we never give up. You know, yeah. we, we fall and we get up again and we do it again and we don't even mind that we've got it wrong. It's like, okay, let's try another way of, of, of um, you yeah. know, bringing this to life or whatever the solution might be. That's yeah. so amazing. Re re research says that you, that, that the people who make it are in in business will fail their first two or three times and so it's the the ones who will carry on for their fourth fourth and fifth time who will make make it so really it's get getting through that psych psychological uh bar barrier and that the, there is a group uh of co conferences around around the world called failcom and it's a group of 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 people who are who will start start up firms and who are learning through fa failure, and that is one more lesson. It is about failure isn't about getting things wrong. It's that you just haven't got it right yet. And re really, and re re really, say you talk you talk 
to a sales person, they they uh, realise that they will get uh, knocked down or, or negative re responses uh, at at least five or ten times a day. And some of them say, as soon as I've got that five or ten done, then all the rest will will, will be great because they re realise that in everything that they do, there will be knock knockbacks. Wow. That's um, that's interesting to, to hear to hear it from that angle. That's really amazing. Thank you so much for the way you've answered the first question. It's just so amazing to 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 hear all those sort of I don't know. I just wish I had someone telling me this years ago. Yeah. But um, yeah, every time I failed, I was like, oh, here we go again. You yeah. know, being so dyslexic, I'm never going to do that. And I had to change my, the way I speak and and use the word. Well, actually, I'm going to try to mm. do it rather than not try at all. So it's great that, you know, you've given us that amazing answer to the question. So my next question is, how does this letter affect a child's social life? Okay, the, the so, social life, okay, now now's with with a mobile phone and a smartphone, it is easier it's because you will set up di diaries and, and, and obviously alarms. So in the old days, the old days, pre pre phones, you you would be highly reliant on a calendar or a notepad to write down things or someone's name and and telephone numbers. But really, so social life is all about being at at the right place at the right time with the right stuff. Okay, so if you're going out. Uh, and make, making uh, friends, okay, a child's social life, then they need to remember where they need to be, okay? And and say that they they for, for, forget that they will go around to the park at, say, four, four o'clock following school and meet, meet up with their friend, and they don't know... Uh, the the time is that they can't tell tell the time because that's that's very common that they have no concept of of time how how long a, a journey will take how long a piece of work work will take they will not be there on a time they will go to the wrong part to part of the park or meet meet at the wrong bus and stop and and they will not be able to to de develop friend friendships even even forgetting names i will forget names a lot and and say say that you're pl playing a game and and you will forget your your friend's name you will lose lose that a friend fairly fast okay would the child turn around and say so sorry i've for forgotten your name i am just this dyslexic no is because that that is showing them themselves up to be weak or different so they lose a friends so so names names and time and and just for for forgetting things you know forgetting to phone up someone or forgetting to to re respond to that text me message you will lose a friends uh and that that is how it can and obviously affect affect the obviously social life for a a young young child that if they've got a uh this a mother who is this 
dyslexic, their mother might forget to send them in with the, the PE kit on the correct day. They might forget the play dates. They might forget uh, to, to ring back someone or, or send in the, the form for the school trip. And all these things. That sounds like me. Yes. <laughs> so that's 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 the way way that the um, social life it can can be, right. be affected by by it. Oh wow! It just I, I'm just resonating with everything you're saying because that's just so me. Everything you just said, and the school will ring me and say, "Have you haven't sent in the trip, the slip for the school?" And I'm like, "I'm so sorry," and <laughs> I'm always late with everything. You know, sometimes it, things have gone past and I normally say to the school, of, I do have dyslexia and I'm so sorry about this. But um, yeah, you just summed it all up for me, Dr. Um, Dr. Neil. <laughs> I've got one last question and I think we'll wrap it up. So um, what support can parents give to their dyslexic child, particularly okay. during COVID-19? Okay, the, the support for the child uh, in, in school, what, one of the most crucial things in school that a child can get from their parent is with the, uh, with the, um, the homework, okay? Point one, the parent, the homework is for the child, it's not for the parent, okay? The child doesn't need to send in perfect work and the child shouldn't spend more than the, the set amount of time on it, okay? Allow a little bit more if it's a 30-minute task. Allow a max of 45 minutes. And then write a note on the piece of work and say, this took 45 mi minutes that I've told, told my, my child to uh, stop. Because the, the most crucial thing is that the teacher in class will compare it to the homework. Okay? And say that they match, then, then the... Uh, teacher realizes that there's a problem and therefore refer them to get more energy help. Say the work sent in at for the homework is perfect, perfect spelling, perfect grammar. The, the teacher has one thought, the child is lazy in my class. Okay, if it is great at, at NLC home and they work, it means that they're like lazy within my um, a class so so therefore the the parent should not make the work perfect it's not for for the parents for the child the parent sometimes thinks i i don't want my child to fall behind i will do it for them it's easier checking the spelling and writing it for them than just then allowing them to to get it wrong but that child won't learn Okay, it's very true. Totally agree with you on that one. You yeah. should allow yeah, the child to do to do it, and then pass it to you once checked. You ask them, "Have you checked it? Have you read it through? Have you checked the the spelling? Have you checked if there should be full stops and capital letters and commas?" Once they've they've said they've checked it, pass it to you. You will take a different coloured pen and you would mark mark it. Okay, you would add in a di different spe spelling or comma or full stop okay but don't do it in in uh, in the same uh, pen color allow allow the uh, teacher to to see see that you've been supporting your your child now now a laptop in covid has been great 
and it allows the child to 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 print print out a perfect sheet of paper without any uh, wrong spellings there. And it's quite common that the the child will want you to to correct the the spelling. I would always tell the parent to get the child to ch check it, to print print it out, then to re read it and mark up the changes, and then pass it to you to to a check. Having it, a child, and most uh, and most people can't read things well on a line. You really need to read read it or or to to type type it, check it there, then print out and check it again, and you will find more the things. Also, a pet parent shouldn't put him um, should should read the work how it is written. Do not add in uh, breaths where where you think commas should be, it's because your child won't know where the co commas should be where you're breathing so so re really it is allowing your a child to do do the work but print out and before passing it to you within covid my just my uh, students found that they were gaining so much more with the uh, online learning using google and the class classroom which is like like zoom but it allows work uh, quit quizzes to be put on uh, the uh, system uh, you uh, chat uh, chat a room and so, so on Ma many private schools use use Google and um, classroom or teams but many states as uh, schools do uh, uh, many states as uh, schools are uh, just by by buying in to to these amazing and um, soft software packages. So in COVID, what one of the best skills that that you can can teach your child is to type fast. Okay, you don't need to to learn quirt, quirty touch touch typing. I mean, I've I've tried for for many years to and um, touch type. But I've never gained gained to gain that skill, but but some kids kids can. But I a type type with three or four fingers, and that's worked fairly well to to uh, write a book. So so you don't say your child can't can't um, uh, touch a type three or four fingers, as long as they are fast should be fine and. And typing allows allows the child to get round their their me messy writing, and typing is a skill for life. Absolutely, Dr. Neil, what a pleasure to have you on our podcast. Um, it's such a pleasure, and I've learned so much from just this time that we've been on on the podcast. And um, I just want to um, let our listeners. Um, be aware of your book, your new book that's coming out, which is Surviving School as a Dyslexic Teenager. And it's written by Dr. Alexander Nell. Um, and it's such an amazing book. I haven't read it yet, but I know it will be amazing. In fact, I'm probably on my way to go and get a copy. What am I, just get a couple of your books. 
Dr. Lim, before we go, can I have a couple of titles of your books that you've written? I know you've got 14 books. This is a, a main a main one. Uh, this this uh, Lexio and, and men, Mental Health. It's a very easy read, reading book in a cream paper. I've got the the successful dis, dyslexic. Uh, I've got some some fic, fiction I've I've ri written as well. Uh, uh, under the, the na name of um, uh, Alex N Niall, so that is Niall is Neil, and and that, that is the the first bit bit of my my surname. But but yes, books books looking at NMC creativity, at mental health, at NMC par par parenting, all of them can 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 be be seen on NMC. Amazon. Wonderful. So if anybody's interested in purchasing any of these books, do go on Amazon and do order your copy. Um, I think um, it's a great read and it will help yourself as a parent and your child as well. Uh, Dr. Noah, I'd like to say thank you very much for being part of this podcast. I'd also like to thank the Wimbledon Foundation for sponsoring such a great project and um, getting all these uh, pod podcasts out to the dyslexic community. A wonderful thank you to Yola, Salt and Pepper Productions, and also to Alex O, who actually distributes all our um, podcasts on all the different channels. Dr. Neil, thank you so much. Keep up the amazing work that you're doing. And um, to all the parents that are listening, your child is awesome. Your child is great. And they will be so successful um, in, in the chosen path that they want to go. Like Dr. Neil rightly said, channel them in the strengths that they have, encourage them, praise them for the work that they do. Um, and I just want to round that up by saying thank you very much to our listeners as well. Uh, we'll be back next week, same time, same place. Thank you, everybody. Bye-bye for now. Bye-bye. The Aspire to Inspire Dyslexia podcast is funded by the Wimbledon Foundation and presented by Elizabeth Tashi. It's produced by Salt and Pepper Productions.